Hi Diamonds, welcome to the United State of Women, a forum where professional women come together to thrive by living more connected to our power, our purpose, and our plan. We invite you to tune in every other week where we show you that you can have it all and teach you how to get it by becoming the star of your own life and not just a supporting role in your life, career, and relationships. Here with Julie Dean, my USW podcast ambassador and co-host, I am Kalina James, owner of LCR, a business consulting and leadership development coaching company. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hey, Diamonds. If you are a business owner, then you understand the importance of multi-generational marketing. If you are looking to market to millennials and zennials, today's episode is for you. Kalina and I had the privilege of interviewing the Director of Enrollment and Marketing for Seattle University, Diane Fischel Hall. In part one of this two-part series, Diane shares tips on how to drive more customers to your website or tools to track data around what your consumers are into. You will want to grab a notebook and a pen because the show starts now. We are United State of Women. Welcome to our show, Diane. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Today we are breaking down the mindset needed to create the new marketing strategies for millennials and giving you the tools to reach your target audience through new connections and develop the persona for your market. So to get started, I really wanted to talk to you first, Anne, a little bit more about yourself. Did you want to give us a little bit of background and what led to your current position as the Director of Enrollment and Marketing at Seattle University? Sure. So way, way, way back, um, I originally graduated um, with an undergrad in graphic design from Indiana University. And then to that, I added a business certificate where I was able to focus on marketing. So for most of my career, I have either, either been working within a marketing firm or a marketing department as a graphic designer, or at one point I moved more toward marketing because I really do ha- I, I, I really am sort of half and half. I'm I'm definitely um, a, a very creative person. Fifty percent of me, I would say, the other fifty percent is completely linear, data driven, and so that really lends itself to growing up with the field of marketing as it grew in the 80s and 90s and um, 2000s. So um, most of what I've done in my career has been uh, marketing operations. Um, And then about 11 years ago, um, my husband was a, um, has been, (laughs) um, was a professor. And, And so when we would move, it would be to, university towns. He would be moving to different universities. Um, And then the last move was to the Central Washington University, and they were looking for someone to develop a uh, MARCOM or marketing communications department within their um, enrollment, their, their department of enrollment. So I did that. I It was like a little startup, and that's really when I fell back in love with marketing and in marketing to so many different target markets, um, both generationally and culturally, and really um, understanding 
how people interact with higher education uh, really became a love of mine. And that's when I decided that this is really the industry that I want to stay in. So that's how I got into marketing and communications and higher ed. And that's exactly where I um, sort of re-fell in love with, with my industry and finding ways to really impact higher education positively. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Why did you choose this field specifically? What was it about marketing that really interested you? So marketing, as it once upon a time, marketing was really fell more toward the creative side. It was really difficult to, to um, extract marketing from advertising, and it had a very creative side of that. So there was a lot of throwing a lot of spaghetti up against the wall back in the day, um, just figuring out, you know, what had worked in the past and trying thing, new things. And there wasn't a whole lot of market research. And the market research was done was sort of haphazard and really geared towards satisfying the client. Um, so as marketing sort of grew up and I grew up with it, I was able to use this pension I have. I'm a, I'm a real data nerd, right? And so I realized that uh, quickly, actually, as a graphic designer, that you really can't depend on um, people's moods or what you think they want for developing ad campaigns and, and really developing a marketing plan um, because what they want is going to change depending on the weather, depending on the day, depending on how they got along with their husband or wife at home. So understanding that this whole business of marketing truly is a science. And then also the development of the internet. And what that meant was that when people were interacting with products, the more products that were available on the internet and the more products that were sold or marketed on the internet meant that now we had real data. And we could really tell beyond what was you know, usually and what's still used, what marketing tools still use is a survey. So we can tell beyond surveys because what we know about surveys is, again, it really depends on how that person is feeling during the day. Um, and so this data uh, along with, you know, inf the more information that's, that uh, went on to the Internet, the more data that was created and the more need to understand how people were interacting with brands and with content. We needed folks to really understand how that worked. And so uh, the most recently, you know, graphic designers had to uh, suddenly learn how to develop websites and design websites. Graphic designers then also had to learn how um, when the technical field was in charge of developing websites, then it, they, were, they became very uh, linear and very matter-of-fact and off-brand and didn't really um, speak to the end user. Um, then we developed things like customer experience, um, people who really understand in the digital world that someone needs to be speaking for the customer if these brands are going to survive. So it's just been this long development, and I've sort of grown up with it, and it just goes along with who I am, you know, intensely creative, but also t intensely linear. So graph designers, web developers, everyone in the digital space has had to understand that, you know, you can't just ignore this data. You really have to be able to find the data and then process the data, analyze the data, and make not just, you know, not just descriptive data, the stuff that's historical that's already there. You need to really understand it and what it means so that you can project or predict 
uh, what's going to happen. Beyond that, you need to be able to prescribe what the next move should be, and whether that's through entrepreneurship or some other facet of of your business. You really uh, want to have people who understand the data, who can help you plan for the future, and really help you to make the changes that are going to make the most impact on your business. So it just we just grew up together, right? And and it just, for me, it's natural. When people look back over my career, they're like, whoa, you've done a lot of things. But for me, it's just been this natural development uh, within the industry. And I kind of just am a person who embraces change. So I went right along with it. Oh, that, that is so cool. That's really cool. Do you have anything to add, Kalina? Oh my goodness, this stuff is so cool. Literally, I am sitting here just with my mouth wide open like, okay, this question and this question and then this question (laughs) because it just goes on. I mean, like you even just said, you know, throwing the spaghetti on the wall and trying to really figure out from users' perspective what is of value and how we did in the beginning service our clients where in which we just wanted to make sure that they felt like they had volume, I'm sure, that they felt like they had a voice to communicate with somebody out there was not really knowing, is it sticking? And then now all of this beautiful data that's come along has helped us with this uh, deeper awareness as to what really are we doing, what are we really doing? And then I love the fact that you said, you know, that you know you tap into all of these sources that kind of keep the data, that keep this data to understand the end user as, as diverse as they are, as multi-complex as they are, you know, someone understands them really well and you it sounds like you have spent a lifetime um, in this field and so as we continue to talk I would love for Julie and I to explore you know where should we be what who should we be you know where should we connect to and who should we connect with in order to really who who is an expert in this industry that can help us to champion millennials and then that up-and-coming next generation after millennials Yeah, so that's a great point. Um, Diane recently spoke at our Chamber's Educate and Elevate workshop about generational marketing, more specifically multi-generational marketing and the importance of buying power. I really like that you pointed out the evolution of marketing and as a self-proclaimed data nerd, I really love that you're able to stay ahead of the times by tracking what you've seen in the past what works and what doesn't work. Could you share with us a little bit more about how a business owner today could better target millennials or the Generation Z, the internet generation? Sure. No problem. So the, the thing that's, that's true about both of those generations, um, well, the thing that you should know is that um, you know, millennials have the most buying power. You know, I think they got something like 20, 200 billion a year or something in, in buying power. Um, and then the you know, Gen Z is the newer generation. They just went to college, but they are major influencers on millennials, on the older millennials. And so you can't, even when you're talking, that's what I, when I um, presented on generational marketing, which means finding a generation where your target market is and learning how to market them. There's this whole idea about multi-generational marketing and that it's never just one market. So even um, Gen Z's, the younger Gen Zs, who are the children of the older millennials, they really um, they have the same idea that you need to know who they are. They're, they and they're right, right? They have the dollars, and to under, to um, be able to market to them, you really need to understand who they are. The great part about that is, is that you know, hate it or love it, Google has created this space 
that says, it used to be if you wanted data on your target markets, you had to spend a lot of money to, to get someone to procure that data for you and to analyze it for you. <laughs> so uh, Google has Google Analytics, and it's a free service, and it attaches to your website. And so no matter how small your business is, um, you you can find out who you're targeting currently um, and what their characteristics are and what they, what other types of things they like doing. And you can really develop this idea of who your customer is. It used to be, and it might still be for, for many who are, who want to stay local and want to have uh, brick and mortar and have people walk in the front door. But maybe they're thinking, I, I spoke to one woman um, there in Kokomo who, you know, she has that brick and mortar, but really maybe the the target markets there don't quite embrace the idea of her, um, her store. And so she needs to expand onto internet and really use that to figure out ways to to, to get her product to market. So however you're looking at it, being able to have something like Google Analytics, and by the way, if you look up Google Analytics, not only will it point you step by step how you link your website and how you, you, know, you track and everything, but it has its own um, educational system on there. So there are plenty of videos to teach you about the different areas. So whoever you are, right, whether you've not started your business or you have a small business or you have a store front, but you want to go internet or your holy internet, whatever that looks like for you, um, you can use that tool, Google Analytics, to really find out who your target market is. And you can also find out more about how to, if you maybe say, okay, so this is the person, these are the people, these are the actual personas, what they would look like, what they like of who buys my product. But you know what? I really think that after doing this research, I have this opportunity for this other persona. They're going to help you find out where they are and how to kind of go after them. So there's a lot of free um, education surrounding how to use Google Analytics to really uh, boost your business. The one thing I'll say for both of them too, before I sort of break them down, is that you really need to understand that how your site looks mobily is important for a couple of reasons. One is you know, millennials are going to at least research your product on their phone, right? They might not buy your product as often as you're on your phone, and, and they do. I mean, quite a few do, but they're going to at least research their product, your product from your phone. So your website needs to be uh, op mobily optimized is what they call it. The other thing is that Google search engine, which is what people use by and large, gives priority. So your stuff shows up when someone searches first if you are uh, mobily optimized. So it's really important for whoever, you're really, who, whoever your target market is to keep that in mind. Mobile matters, how your site looks online really matters, especially if you're going to be um, offering if they can purchase through your site or even from a third-party vendor. It all needs to move seamlessly um, on your phone. So um, the thing about millennials, we'll talk about them first. The thing about millennials, I call it making them the star, right? The, 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 they are the star of the show. They know this. Uh, and I'm not talking in a negative way, and sometimes that's been used, I think, against millennials before, but I'm, I'm talking about in the way that we approach them. They, they understand that they are the, the center of this transaction, and they have some expectations. Um, they, for example, like to create content. So if you're going to do that, you want to do things like um, have hashtags that they can use to upload content, and then you might put that um, together and show it on your website so that they're creating that content. Definitely that's what you want to do on social, especially Instagram, is 
you want to find a way to collect their content and then reshare it across all of your platforms. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please share it and be sure to use the hashtag PowerPurposePlan to get connected to our community of diamonds that are doing great things. And be sure to check out part two of this episode scheduled to air two weeks from today. Thank you. And as always, shine bright.